Welcome to the World Crisis Chronicles. I'm Rob. I'm Elijah. And we're glad you guys could join us today. And today we're going to kind of get into some cool stuff, man. We're going to get into uh, 2020. 2020. The year is coming to an end, and I think it's about time we just discuss some of the things that happened this year and how we can look at them biblically. So... Why don't we just get started? Yeah, let's get started. Well, hey, will you open us up in prayer real quick? Absolutely. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much. And I just pray today for a productive conversation that we would just be able to touch some of these subjects, Lord, and uh, ultimately bring your truth to them. So we lift this time up to you and we ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, so we're going to discuss today. This is kind of our year in uh, show. We're going to do some different things on here. We're going to we're going to change some things up. We're just this is kind of a testing ground for us uh, getting this thing off the ground. I know we've done a couple, but uh, we're going to next year. I'll probably bring we're probably going to do it a little bit more frequently. I just think we just yeah. want to get some ideas. Um, but what things you guys can look forward to next year? So we got a couple interviews that we want to do with some pastors that we uh, that, uh, that that we know, and, and we want to get their perspective on here too. And and uh, today, though, we want to both of us want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas and your to families, all of you guys out there. Remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. So. Um, Praise God for that. <laughs> yeah, so we, so today we're just going to discuss uh, kind of 2020, uh, what we've kind of learned uh, maybe about ourselves and, and, and what's been going on. And then also we will talk a little bit about what, what can we expect from 2021. So if you guys want to sit back and, and just uh, relax, we're going we're gonna to just kick it off. And Elijah, what I want to kick it off with is, um, I know we kind of discussed it last time on the, on the show, but um, the churches, um, and we know that they the closing, some closing, some opening. And, um, I just want to kind of like, I want to discuss the future of the church, like the future of the church in 20, let's, let's, let's say that, uh, for 2021. Um, but like, what did 2020 teach us about church? Well, um, it taught us a lot. I think, I think the first thing we know is that, uh, the church will always go on, uh, until God removes the church from this world. So, um, as Jesus said, the, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And, and we're seeing that right now. Now, with that said, we've had some churches close their doors and some of them probably needed to close their doors. Right. So <laughs> and others that closed their doors probably um, shouldn't have. But ultimately, ultimately, what I think we've seen is that there is no excuse for anyone not to find fellowship or become closer to God uh, and uh, in, in many different ways. But um Start us out with, I think you should kind of uh, talk about uh, the closures of the churches and the different positions of different churches. And Well, it's, yeah, the closure of the church is sad. You kind of you kind of probably saw that coming with 2020 uh, in the in the in the covid vaccine or covid vaccine. We'll talk about the covid vaccine. Sorry, but the <laughs> covid 19 and, uh, you know, all, all the stuff that came with it. You, you figure that a lot of these businesses, I mean, businesses bigger than church. I mean, we we've. We've seen um, some store closures. I think the the big five I saw down the street uh, from where I live is is closed. And, and, you know, it had been open forever. That we've seen restaurants close. Yeah, uh, I heard about a, a, a I heard about a, a restaurant in Washington or in Virginia. Sorry, and um, it had been open since the George Washington days. George Washington would go into that. Wow, he would go into that that restaurant and eat. Well, that place is now going to have to close, you know, and uh, to me, I think it's a lot of um, it's a lot of uh, I mean, listen, 
COVID's real. I mean, we've we've seen people yeah, get it. Absolutely. We've known people, uh, you know, least uh, Elijah and I have known someone that has died from it. Yeah. And some people that have gotten it and some people that have gotten it and gotten over it. And, you know, but we don't want to take that. You know, we want to not make light of it. It's a very serious thing. Absolutely. But I think a lot of what happens is they're this um, these governors. Some of these governors are like on a tyrannical uh, thing. You know, they're closing all these 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 businesses down. And, you know, here in California, you know, we kind of have um, we have Gavin Newsom and, um, you know, he's he's kind of shut a lot of stuff of what we do down. But here's the thing I think is funny. It, it just cracks me up. And it's not just uh, a Newsom, but it's like of all these people that want to cancel Christmas. Now that's a, that's a, a phrase that, that my friend Rob and I used to do all the time. Oh man, is that person going to, is that person going to jump from the second story into that pool? Oh man, cancel Christmas. He's going to get hurt, you know, but there are people that want to cancel Christmas and I'm, nobody's going to cancel Christmas, man. No, nah, absolutely not. Christmas is still going on. And, uh, um, the reality is as Christians, you know, what we celebrate Christmas for, but, um, you know, as far as closing the churches down um a lot of people would even even people in the church would say there's not really an attack on the church because businesses have closed down there have been a lot of um other things that have shut down activities and the church can still meet and um all these things but the reality is Gavin Newsom even if he didn't have this or the government didn't have this agenda to just take away religious freedoms ultimately the the one who's behind it has always had a plan to try to stop the progress of the church and that's satan so we can't um i guess deny the fact that there isn't real enemy out there that wants churches to shut their doors they don't want people to fellowship or grow in their relationship in god he wants to separate people away from the flock so they um you know, so we see some of the things that we have seen in society where people have become depressed. People have fallen away from community. People have ultimately uh, strayed away from God. Marriages are falling apart. All these things that happen when people tend to walk away from accountability. Now, it doesn't take away from their responsibility to cultivate their own relationship with God. But Jesus didn't just save us to himself. He's also saved us to the church. And the church is a group of people gathered together. And um, unfortunately, we've seen a lot, especially in the beginning of, of COVID. Right. You've seen um, when these churches first closed down, they were painting COVID like we were about to see this mass, these mass deaths of millions upon millions of people dying. So we wanted to uh, uh, stop that from happening. And no one really knew what was going on. But by, you know, three, four months into this thing, um, we saw that it, the death rate wasn't very high. Now, there are still people who are at high risk, and um, it's still affecting a lot of people. But the reality is, um, the question we ask have to ask ourselves is, was it worth shutting down the church, closing the church doors? Um, what do you think about that? I, I mean, I, I I think we've said on this show before uh, last month, um, Jack Hibbs, Pastor Jack Hibbs in uh, Calvary Chapel, Chuna Hills in uh, Southern California here, he said that um, he says something pretty profound. I think, like I said, we've talked about it before, but I just love this statement is that there's not one pastor in America that has the authorization to close the doors of the church because they didn't die for the church. Jesus did. Jesus yeah. would be the only one that have the authority to close. Now, with that being said, there are some churches that are 
meeting outside and yeah. and that's because they feel comfortable meeting outside listen if, if if you're meeting outside today and you're not in your sanctuary that's okay you're meeting yeah you, you're meeting it's these churches that have closed down and said well you know we don't know what we're going to do because you know COVID's still out there and um listen you need to open your church don't have your church closed. This is not a time for the church to be closed. This is a time for the church to be open. This is the time where people are going to be searching for something yeah. with with all of the, the landscape of our of our country and, and how everything's going and how how um, you know politically how it's going and how spiritually how's it going yeah. uh, how it's going. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that that don't know who Jesus Christ is. They've yeah. heard of him, but they don't have a relationship with him. Yeah, and I think like we need to define what we mean by opening up the church. And I think you said it well, if your church is uh, meeting outside and, um, you know, the church that I attend, that we attend, we, uh, we're, we're meeting outside <laughs> under a tent. Yep. Um, but we need to be having church. We need to be coming together as believers and fellowship. I don't think that, um, throughout church history, there has been a time where the church has ceased to gather. Um, I think of times during the great plagues of, of the past, Plagues, persecution, pestilence, anything. The church always met and gathered. And that's what people need to be focused on. Now, if you're if you're scared and you're high risk, I get it. But most people um, don't let COVID or any other thing be your excuse to just get out of uh, the discipline of meeting with godly people and, and, and in your church. And I think as shepherds that... My, my thought on it is that it, as shepherds, we have to have a level of faith that um, inspires other people to faith. Yeah. You know, and we have to, if we're called to teach and preach the word of God, we should take it serious. Now, we know that um, we can, we risk our lives. Um, we can, it, can be li- it can be risking your life, life to go out there and, at the risk of getting sick. But the reality is in China, they're risking their lives just to gather and people are fighting and um, for fellowship, knowing that they could very well die. And for them, if they're caught, they're they're punished, and and, and ultimately, a lot of these Christians are killed. So, yeah, and and you know, and, and going and and speaking of churches and shepherding and stuff like that, you know, we we kind of touched on a little bit of pastors. Um, uh, last uh, last time that we were on and and uh, you know we've seen some pastors slip and you know Carl Carl Lentz being one of them and but um, I just want to talk about pastors today and um, if you are a pastor today man God bless you I mean and you're leading you're leading your people and you're leading them um, biblically and you know through the word of God God bless you I, I I do I do pray that the Lord would just bless your ministry he would bless your family he would bless your flock um, it, it's great but Oftentimes we see some pastors, uh, some, you know, some things I want to get into. Maybe it's not, um, you know, the, the maybe the nicest thing sometimes to say, but, um, you know, it's it's these pastors kind of like Carl Lentz, you know, yeah. um, they were more worried about what they looked like and, and, and who they were hanging out with. And man, what happened to the days of just preaching the gospel? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, what happened Teaching to that? Teaching the yeah, word yeah. of God. Like, why are you so, it's these celebrity pastors now that are, more, it's more, it's more uh, important for them to be seen uh, and, and, and what they look like in, in, in their, in their, their, their Instagram posts and their Facebook posts and all this stuff. What happened to just getting up there on Sunday 
taking the text, telling your congregation what it means and how it applies to their life. Where did that go? Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's still some good faithful men of God out there who are preaching and teaching uh, the word of God on a consistent basis and shepherding their flocks. I think you have a couple different dynamics going on. One is there is an attempt to reach the culture um, and and not, you know, um, um, getting stuck in tradition. So I think that's a that's a that's a good thing. I think in order to advance the church, we have to always uh, make adjustments, but we got to make sure that our adjustments are biblical adjustments and that we can um, make sure that we're shifting and moving within the confines of scripture. But I think also the fact that I think that we don't need to be mimicking the culture. And I think with, with Carl Lentz, I don't really know him. Um, but as I didn't, I, I heard of him. There's a lot of things about Carl Lentz that I didn't agree with a, a lot of things doctrinally. We vacationed together, him and I, <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> you, him and Justin Bieber. Yeah. Um, but ultimately when I, when I saw that he fell, my first reaction was, you know, grace, he's just a man. Um, but then there's also that he's a pastor and he stands out there and he represents God mm. and yeah, he, 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 he deserved to get fired and, and, uh, to step down from the position and, um, church discipline. Yeah. But when I begin to look at through just his Instagram and some of the old pictures and just hearing the world talk about this pastor, um, there was a level of just him being a celebrity that, um, it does something to us as men. And I remember we had a pastor's meeting after, and we kind of talked about how uh, there are times where you, it doesn't matter how you look, what you look like. If you get any type of position where you're overseeing people, people will look up to you. And the the problem with, uh, there, look, you can look up to people, but if, if we understand that people are going to be looking up to us, we need to walk with this attitude of humility, understanding that, um, what we do, what we say can influence people. Yes. And we should never use our position uh, of, of influence that we have uh, to cause other people to stumble, yeah. to cause other people to fall for personal gain, uh, for anything like that. And I think there needs to be, we need to get back to that point where when you look at a pastor, when you look at me, it's not, you looking at this celebrity guy and part of that is, is is just discipleship yeah and you can't help it sometimes when people just look up to you you can walk by and uh people say oh he's a pastor and and then but but on the other hand uh, the pastors back in the day some of them were ridiculed they stood up right. against the culture they didn't go with the culture on things and sometimes they were hated and I'm glad you said that because that's the, my next thing I want to talk about too is is nowadays it's the church is afraid almost to uh, make people feel uncomfortable. And here's the thing: there's a pastor um, uh, in Idaho that I know that worked, uh, you know, was working at a church. Uh, I believe um, I, I forgot what it was it was called. Uh, something Methodist church. Uh, I, I forgot what it was called. You don't have to call the church out. <laughs> I know. Sorry. 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 No, sorry. sorry. Yeah. I'm, but, um, but you on, could if you want. Yeah. But, but what, what I was saying is, is this, you know, what this guy got fired for preaching the gospel. Like he got fired wow. for that, but that is something that we're kind of seeing as a, as a thing, as a trend almost in some churches, um, that the gospel isn't preached. It's not yeah. preached. 
and it's it's feel good messages and sin is never covered and and I think if you are not preaching the gospel and you are not talking about sin you're doing your church a disservice and there are some churches that are out there like that today absolutely and um it, it's interesting because we we look at salvation as something that it, it, it's a free gift which it is it's um but it cost it cost yeah. You know, it cost the bloodshed on the cross. It cost Jesus taking our sins on him, being the propitiation, uh, uh, the satisfaction of God's wrath yeah. um, on us. It costs something. So this gift that we have been given is a valuable gift. Yeah. And, um, you know, that should that should mean something. And it also not just the gift, but it, it should. Uh, Paul said he was compelled by the love of Christ to do his ministry. And, and, and um, to do things. And ultimately, when we understand our sinful condition and that we have all sinned and how sin has been an offense to God and what Jesus has done for us, we shouldn't be afraid to talk about sin. And that's the crazy thing. Be- is people- because, go ahead. Go ahead oh, I was going to say, because um, uh, the beauty of the gospel is the fact that God has saved us for our, from yeah. our sin, right? Yeah. The, the penalty of our sin. Right. So um, if you're not talking about sin and you're not uh, dealing with that issue and talking about repentance, then uh, you have no gospel. The gospel is not the cherry on top of an of a already beautiful life. I've heard people say, oh, wow, you're doing so good in life. You got all this money and life is just so good now. All you need is that cherry on top, which is the gospel. No, the gospel is the entire ice cream. It's everything. It's the cone. It's everything. Right. And, you know, I'm glad you said that too because if 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 you're not talking about sin, if you're not in these churches that and you're talking about sin, see, people people have this 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 misconception of, of like, how they view sin and how God views sin. Now, I, I Jerry Bridges is, is a really good author, and he had a book— um, Pursuit, uh, pursuit of Holiness. Mm-hmm. Man, Elijah, if you haven't read that book, man, it'll knock your socks <laughs> off. It is an amazing book. Right. And, um, but, you know, he was saying this. He said that, um, that, the pursuit of the pursuit of holiness is something be holy as I am holy. This is this this is what God is saying. Now, this is kind of what I got out of it, and these are some of the notes I wrote on the side that that we as humans we dislike you and I and, and anybody listening today, uh, you know, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we dislike sin very much. We dislike it. We dislike it. But what does God say about it? Hate it. God hates it. Yeah. So when we as believers will um will start hating, you know, we start hating sin like God hates sin. Well, that is the beginning of the pursuit of holiness. Yeah. That's what I got out of, of reading that book. And I think because, you know, someone said, well, you know, I haven't murdered anybody or, well, you know, I haven't cheated on my wife or my husband or anything like that, or I haven't done that. Yeah. But if you lied, see, they're like, well, it's just a lie. It's not that big of a right. deal. No, it's a sin. Sin is sin to God. And if you're not discussing this, and if you're not letting your congregation know this, that, you're not talking about sin and what it is and the effects of sin. Listen, the the, the Bible says in John three sixteen that he that he doesn't want any to what perish, but he wants everybody to have everlasting life. And and on the on the podcast last week, um, uh, I I broke down the uh, hark the herald angels sing, and I talked about that. I, I talked about um, you know what perish means, and it means death, but it also means certain destruction. 
And that's what sin does. Yeah, absolutely. Sin is a very destructive behavior. And we've seen a lot of that. And I, I want to say like a lot of that has to do with just um, we're seeing a lot more sin in the church. Mm. And uh, I know a lot of that comes from the church, just not meeting. There's, there's been a lot of times where we've been afraid, not we saying myself, you know, that I'm, 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 confrontational no i'm just kidding but, no you're just uh, not afraid I, to back down yeah but um a lot of it just comes from us trying to make church this comfortable place that everyone is welcome now everyone is welcome mm-hmm. in the church but everyone shouldn't feel comfortable in the church if you're living in sin you shouldn't feel comfortable in the church and but it, it's worse when you have the past a lot of times a pastor may not be talking about sin a lot because they themselves are in sin. Right. You know, when mm, you think of uh, Carl Lentz's situation, um, you know, there were times where we saw that he was taking um, tequila shots or something like that with yeah. Justin Bieber and yeah. um, just, it, and I, I just look at, look at it like this. Being a pastor is a high calling and in, in, yeah. in first Timothy three, it says an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, which mm-hmm. means you should be able to explain and break down scripture to people. He must manage his own household. Well, and these are the qualifications of it. So you, if you want to qualify to be a pastor, just put yourself um, up against those qualifications and then we'll start talking about the gifting and and notice <laughs> notice there was nothing about skinny jeans leather jackets or nah. saying dude or and cool. bro yeah cool. yeah cool it t- that's nothing thing i want you to talk about to uh, to everybody <laughs> today about that article that you and i talked about from the guy from skillet yeah uh making pastors uncool again yes. did we talk about oh, that the last podcast i, I can't remember i don't know <laughs> but it was um, a great article yeah uh, i mean uh, the, the reality is um the pastor doesn't always have to be the coolest person in the room. Mm-mm. We have this culture where the pastor has to be cool wearing skinny jeans and uh, <laughs> leather jackets. And, and that's fine if that's your style. But the goal of a pastor is not to be cool. It's not to have this mm-hmm. awesome outer appearance. I think of uh, the Council of Nicaea after the church had come out of persecution and, and Constantine um, allowed them to meet together to discuss their doctrine. They put the scripture uh, what they had compiled on to the mm. throne, and then they begin to reason through um, all these things, through um, through uh, the doctrine. Right. And you got to think, after persecution, what did these people look like? There yeah. were probably people with scars, sure, miss- yeah. possibly missing limbs, yeah. and, and all these bishops coming together. They weren't the coolest, most beautiful-looking people out there. And the church, we need to stop idolizing that beauty and um, and, and look at, uh, uh, the beauty that, of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel. Yeah, <laughs> it just shows us that the reality is we're ugly. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, too. Is I, I'm pretty sure. Now I didn't live back then. Obviously, that was thousands of years ago. But I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. But I don't think Paul wore skinny jeans. You know what <laughs> I mean? And, and, and you know how I know this. And you know how Paul. You know how I know. And I love Paul. Now, Paul <laughs> there's nothing wrong with wearing No, there's skinny. not. No, I mean, I, I guess there is something wrong with it. I mean, if we could see your heartbeat in your pants, <laughs> then then there's something wrong with <laughs> I can't fit into them, so that's why I don't wear them. I know that's not why I don't wear them. I don't wear them because that's just not me. But you're right, yeah. style. But the thing I love about Paul and what I, why he's one of my favorite Bible characters. Well, I don't want to say character. One of my favorite Bible people is because he didn't care. 
Paul did not care. And he tells us in Galatians, he says that I am not here to please man for if I was pleasing man, I'm not pleasing God. Right. And he, and this is where he was going after the Galatia, the, the church at Galatia, because like, like I said, you know, he, he's, 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 he's left already and they're already yeah. believing another doctrine. And I think that's the scary thing, Elijah yeah. is today is you have to be, you have to have sound doctrine. You have to know. And this is what I tried to tell the people on the podcast the other day is get into the word of God. Fact checking is yeah, such a absolutely. big thing. If you're going to go fact check, uh, something on, um, one of the politicians or, 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 uh, you know, whatever's happening in the world, you're going to go fact check it to make sure it's right. Well, don't you do, shouldn't you be doing that with the Bible? Shouldn't Absolutely. you be doing that with things? Listen, oh, uh, Robert Elijah said that um, in John three sixteen that God doesn't want anybody to perish. Well, okay, well, what go does that mean? John go check it out, man. Read it for yourself, man. Yeah. Get into the and, word of God. It'll speak and, to you. Yeah, and, and, and we're talking about all of this because it's in the context of the church. Yes. And the church uh, of 2020 not meeting, I think, and and you said it in the beginning, like what did we learn? I think one of the things that we learned. Sorry, about we got church, off track. <laughs> yeah, and and I want to just bring it back around. One of sure. the things that we learned about church is that uh, the church, like there should always be fellowship, but the church needs to get back to the essential things. Sure, like we have all these beautiful buildings that we were no longer able to meet in. We had to find creative ways. There are churches meeting in parks like us. We meet under a tent. Yep. There are churches who are meeting inside. There's all these different places but what we what we should have learned is that regardless of what the state says about meeting in church regardless of where we can uh what happens on the outside we still need to find creative ways and bold ways to continue to make sure that we as church we as Christians are meeting sure. and then we also learn that church isn't about being the coolest person on the block like Carl Lentz wasn't the only pastor who fell no uh, this, this, this year and, and, or every year, he's yeah. just one of the biggest ones. And, and, and when it, what we, what we're seeing now is that people don't need the coolest, most hip pastor. They need a shepherd, someone who fits these qualifications in first Timothy three, uh, someone who is preaching and teaching the word of God on a consistent basis, someone who is sowing into their flock, uh, tending to the needs. And that is something that I think the church and we learned about the church. And I know you, you asked a question about like, what about the church in 2021? Yeah, I was just going to say, so we've learned that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what we've learned about. The church. What do you think? And this is, again, everybody, this is just this is just a conversation we're yeah, having. Absolutely. And, and it's our opinions, um, you know, and, you know. And but, hopefully guided by the word of God. Yes, right? <laughs> it is guided by the word of God. I mean, we've. Again, we I would never say anything outside of the context of of anything that would uh, tear God down, not give him glory or tear anybody down that's listening today. But what I'm uh, I guess what I'm saying is what can we expect from the church in 2021? Now, now I'm not saying uh, hold on. I'm not saying just the church in general. Like, what do you see the church as a whole in 2021? What do you think is going to happen with the church in 2020, 2021 or time <laughs> Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. Like as of now, sometimes we wonder um, what's the future of the church with all these churches shutting down. Um, some churches going more mainstream, some churches moving to just online ministries. Um, I think we can expect 
the faithfulness of God. Right. You know, and that's probably something that we'll talk about a little bit later, but we can expect the church to continue to do business. And when I mean business, I don't mean like business because the church, our business in the church is saving souls and making disciples. Yes. And as, as, and that's what we can expect as long as we have good men of God out there, good people of God who are willing to open up their Bibles and teach people the truth and, and give um, and hold people accountable biblically, um, we can expect great things from God. Now, it may look a little bit different. I think one, another thing that COVID has taught me about the church or 2020 has taught me about the church is that uh, God might not be doing the same type of work. And what do I mean by type of work? I mean, we've went from, you know, the, these churches that met in the homes, went to this huge organized church system with uh, the, the Catholic church to uh, churches just breaking off, starting their own thing. We have uh, mega churches. We have all these things. And it's almost like the new work that God is going to do is through smaller uh, churches. You know, if... Um, this, if COVID never goes away and society doesn't go back to what we think is normal, uh, the, the, the new church may look completely different. But the hopeful thing is that there are so many people without titles um, who aren't the coolest people, but they know the word of God. And you can tell when you just talk to them or you've, um, um, you know, you've watched them grow in the Lord, that these people are pastors without titles. Yep. And I think God is going to use people mightily and he's going to stir up the gifts of people. And I think we just need to be open in the church to see what God wants to do through us as individuals so we can collectively uh, complete God's mission as a church, yeah. just to preach the gospel, make disciples, you know, win people to Christ um, and, and draw closer and grow closer to the Lord. I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of church planting. I really do. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be uh, planting a church. A friend of ours, uh, a good friend of mine, Elijah's, uh, Brad Ormonde Jr., is actually planting a church in Beaumont, California. So if you guys are in the Beaumont area, it's called Garden City Church. Amen. Shout out to Garden City yeah, Church. Garden City. <laughs> and so, and Brad is a is a is an awesome friend and, and a really good Bible. We got to have him on. When oh, we are, we are. No, that's part of the plan. Next month, we're gonna. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, even next month or whatever, we're gonna do this more. Again, we're gonna do this more elijah and i just have to work out times but um he's one of the guys i do want to have on and our good friend jason powell as well that's um, my buddy my brother from yeah. another mother of another color yeah, so we're <laughs> going to uh we're going to have these guys on and they're both planting churches jason is planting jesus city church in uh, alabama yeah and brad is planting a church in beaumont like i said called garden California. city church so you can check him out you can check out his uh his his website i think it's gardencitybmt.com uh, or dot org, one of the two. Sorry, uh, but but Brad is doing that. He's planting a church. We've seen Jason plant a church. Now, yeah. I was just in Idaho last week, and I was speaking with a gentleman who said that there's a there's an organization that helps churches or talks to churches or I don't know what they do with the churches. Um, honestly, he's going to send me the information, but they want two hundred churches planned in the next ten years. Now, I. I I see that happening. I see. I, I, yeah. I think if the Lord tarries, if the sure, Lord doesn't sure. come back, I'm sure. hoping he comes back yeah. soon. I'd rather have him come back, but <laughs> you know, that's not my, that's not my, that's not my uh, decision. But what I'm saying is I think a lot, you're going to find a lot of people that are going to plant churches and they're going to not just plant churches. They're not going to go look at the next uh, cinema, uh, the, 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 the movie theaters. What's going to happen is just like you said, it's going to start in homes. People are going to start home Bible studies in every week. We have a friend of ours that has a, a home Bible study uh, called the Oasis. Um, 
uh, at uh, it's out in I don't I don't think it's in Chino Hills. Are you talking about oh, Riverside. Pastor Rick? Yes. Okay, yeah, Rick yeah. Shooty. He's got he's got he's a got Corona Riverside area. Yeah, he's got a home Bible study, you know. And then a friend of ours, uh another friend of ours, Elijah and I have a lot of friends. But um he's a <laughs> pastor and he started a church here in Riverside, um Marty Hooper. Yeah, absolutely. And that's Impact Bible Fellowship. Yeah. So and, and so what we're seeing is um the church may not be growing inside the building, but the church is definitely growing outside the building and there there may not be large groups of people gathering within under one roof, but there's going to be smaller groups of people gathering um, around cities, around the country, and in smaller church environments. Yeah. And the, the, the beauty of that is the, the intimacy that we have with one another as believers in Christ and getting to know each other, more accountability. Um, someone, you can't shepherd uh, thousands of people by yourself. And so it takes a, a team of, of pastors like at the church that uh, we we attend. There, there's a group of people who are called there to be shepherds. And, um, and most big churches have a team of shepherds, uh, whether it's the pastors or the elders or leadership. But um, I think if, like I said, cope with with all the COVID and all the restrictions and losing our rights, yes, losing some of our rights, we may have to break into smaller groups, but God could do a mighty work there just like he did in the past. So if you guys are just joining us or you're kind of jumped in late, this is the World Crisis Chronicles with uh, with myself, Rob, and, and Elijah, and we're just discussing yeah. the church, uh, what we've learned in 2020, what we see uh, in 2021, and and this is uh, this is kind of important subject. Church is going to be huge, man. I think yeah. people are going to be looking for God and and getting getting people to the right churches and and really and really being saturated in the Word of God, right. Um, and, and, and that's just the importance of churches. And, and I would say pastors, just stay the course. Mm-hmm. If you feel called to ministry, stay the course, continue to immerse yourself in the word of God and draw closer to him. Because another thing that we've seen in 2020 is the world is at combat with not only itself, but, um, with the things of God. Um, we saw different movements forming and Christians kind of aligning themselves with the movement. And as soon as you bring up Jesus, you get cast out of that movement. That's why the church has to lock arms. Uh, we, we, and, and some of those things, like as we review this year, you think of the entire, um, all the protests and the riots over uh, Black Lives Matter and just critical race theory and um, all these things and me. And I'm, it's interesting because, like, I have a lot of uh, white brothers and sisters, family in, in Christ, and, um, you know, and I'm a black guy. And, and it's interesting because people sometimes look at me like I'm the guru of it, you know, because you have the black experience. Or, you know, my white friends would be like, hey, so, so, so what's going on? What do you think about all this stuff? Or some of them are even afraid to ask. And they start act, acting extra nice. It's like, this is the first year I could do whatever I want and not get fired. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the reality is, I think, just having a biblical perspective on a lot of these things that, that happen. Um, and we could talk about the, 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 what's true and what's not true. But uh, I just think having a biblical perspective when we see things like this happen to the communities or 
whatever community is, the first thing we need to have is compassion and empathy. That's right. And and I, I love what you just said about the biblical view. We have to have a biblical view. If, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, that's the only view you should have. Yeah, you shouldn't have any other view. Don't let, don't let any, you know, we've talked about social media on this, on this uh, show before, what, in, what it could be used for. You know, um, I, I have Instagram and I use it for the, the Crosslight Bible Study podcast. I use it for that. And that's all I use it for. I don't. I don't do anything else with it. I don't. I, I ditched Facebook because I thought Facebook was crazy and, and stuff. And I really. I have Parler, but I never. I'm never on it. You know. I'm just yeah. not. There's not a lot. But um, you know, you if if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to have a biblical view. And if you right. don't know what that means, man. That means getting into the word of God and seeing this world through the eyes of God, not through man, because man is going to yeah. mess it up. Because even with these mo- movements and you saw uh, these protests that happened over um, people getting shot by the police. And then you have uh, a couple different views on how people people see things. The biblical. Pr- what is the biblical perspective? The biblical perspective uh, on all these things is just to see the things the way that God sees them. Mm-hmm. Like. If we want to bring unity, we're not going to be able to do that through some worldly movement. The only way we could do that is to fight for the unity of the church. You know, because in Christ, there's neither Jew, Gentile, slave, free, black, white, Democrat, Republican, any of those things. All those things are broken down. All those things um, are gone when we come to Christ. We've left those old, um, that old identity behind. Now our identity is in Christ. Yes. You know, we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So when you said that it, real quick, when I was talking to Jason the other day, we were talking about that. We were talking about, um, you know, um, dying to yourself and stuff like that. And Jason goes, you know what, man, in the context of, of Paul saying that, you know, for me to, for, you know, it's not that I live, it's Christ that lives in me. He goes, I die every day. And I'm like, man, I never even thought about that before. Yeah. Like, you die every day. You die daily. Yeah, you die sense. daily. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, and, and that's, yeah. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing about a lot of these movements, um, they have not made things better. No. They've not made things better, which just shows they've actually caused more division. Um, they've caused people to be angry, they've caused people to um, destroy property, it's caused people to hate. Um, it, and, you know, I this year uh, through all that stuff, it was it was mentally draining for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people um, started off with these super high emotions when it came to these things, and then um, then eventually it kind of wears off, and you start to discover truth about whether it's statistics or or whatever. And and some people have gone the extreme, the op- the other way, where they they begin to develop hate for. Uh, certain groups of people. So I think if you have a biblical perspective and you know that these are people who are fallen and we know that the only way that we can bring the unity that these people are fighting for is to bring them into the, bring them, um, bring them into a relationship with Christ where they can leave those identities behind and we can all be one in Christ. It doesn't mean that I don't see, uh, People can't see my color or anything. It means that when you know me, you don't know me by my color, but you know me by Christ in me, right? And 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 my actions and and um, my character, as Martin Luther King said, the content of my character, right? And 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 it's, and it's the light that, that that God has called you to be. God right. has not called long-haired people, short-haired people, tall people, small people. 
He called anybody that is a follower of Jesus Christ today has been given that light to shine. And this is what God expects. He expects us to, 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 to shine his light. Now, uh, in, in, as we, as we talk about this, um, you know, it's, we see a lot of people in this, whatever movement it is or whatever's going on, this is people's agenda. Now they're, 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 they're coming with their agenda. Well, I think that, you know, this statue offends me and, 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 and that football team's name offends me. And, and I hate that. And it's just been so crazy because you, you just look at it and it's people that are, they, it's almost like I'm going to get what I want, you know, Hey, I want to take that down. You know what? I don't like that. So I want to remove that. And, and the, I think sometimes it gets people, this is their agenda. And, and so, Hey, we're going to go, we're going to prove it. So we're going to tear this down or we're going to have this, this, um, this protest. And I'm all for protest, man. If it's peaceful and you're just there and you're protesting and it could be whatever. But I was speaking with a good friend of mine, a childhood friend the other day, and we were talking about, it. he goes, you know what, man, people just need to be good. These people just need to be good people. And you know, and, and it's and you're right. And he was right. He's so right. People do need to be good. And here's another misconception I think that people get. And this is this is where I'm talking about, Elijah. This is where I'm talking about people get offended by church stuff and by God and say, Well, if that's it, then I don't want to be a Christian. And trust me, I'm I'm telling you this. I don't want to be on this earth when it is going to be destructive, you know, be gone. You know, right. the Lord is gonna is gonna send his wrath upon. I don't I don't want none of that. I don't I don't want to be here. I want to be in heaven with Jesus. But here's 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 another misconception. Listen, I'm gonna tell you this, and you might you might hate me. You might say Spit I'm wrong. Spit it out, bro. Give it give it to him in the face. Just go ahead. Listen, this is this is God's rules, not mine. Good people don't go to heaven, saved people go to heaven. Period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that the, the guy, your neighbor down the street's the nicest guy in the world. And and and, and yeah. that's great, but it's and, not going to get him to heaven. But people, people think that, well, hey, right. I'm a good person, so that's going to get me to heaven. And it's not good enough. Because our definition of good is different than God's definition of right. good. Um, our definition of good can be, like you said, being nice. Yeah. Our definition, I mean, and, and this is just like that. It falls into that without God, um, how could you say anything is good? Because right. we make up what good is. Right. Hitler thought it was good to murder millions of Jews. Right. Right. To him, that was good. It was good. He was doing his great service. Right. Um, to, to another person, being nice is good. To another person, um, taking someone else's wife is good. Right. I mean, like, if without God... Is there really any moral standards? No, but God's standard of goodness is perfection. That's why when um, 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 when Jesus was called good, he said only God is good. Mm-hmm. Speaking, and you know who was he? God, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, so when people talk about all we need is is good, what they're really with they don't even know that they're saying all we need is God. <laughs> you know, all we need is God, more God in our lives because God is the one who makes us good, right? And that's the thing too is is now this doesn't this does not mean that you have to go be a jerk, you know, in the streets whether you're a believer or you're not a believer. This is not to, well, you know, if if I'm not good enough to if I'm not good enough to go to heaven, you know, I heard Rob say on the on, on a podcast that uh, only good, uh, you know, good people don't go to heaven, saved people go to heaven. That's true. But it doesn't doesn't give you the right to go out and be a jerk. And I think this is what my friend Kelly was trying to say. I think he was trying to say like, listen, we can all we can all discuss have conversations. And this is what I uh, what I was telling him is is uh 
you know, I said, well, you know, Kelly, um, you know, I like uh, the San Diego Padres. That's my favorite baseball team. Go Padres, Friars. Never mind. But um, Kelly, my friend Kelly, <laughs> might be a Dodger fan, right? Right. And so if he, if I'm telling, well, Kelly, the best, and this is such a stupid analogy, but this is how dumb it really is. Well, Kelly, the Padres, Padres are the best team in baseball. Uh, no, Dodgers are. No, the Padres are the best team in baseball. No, they're not. You're racist. Or you're, you, you, you know, if you're <laughs> against me, that's, Elijah, that's what the new, this is what this new but, thing is, is bringing in. Yeah, and that's that's the world. That's why I said we have to have a biblical right. worldview. See, the Bible starts off uh, by saying that man is not good. Mm-hmm. So because we know that, that, uh, you know, man is sinful and we are all sinful, we fall into that uh, category when we when we get in these debates and we get involved in these things, um, the real question we should be asking ourselves is: Is this person a believer, and how can I get the gospel to them? Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's going to change their mind, life. Like, who cares if you won the if you've showed someone that they're a racist, mm-hmm. and then they end up in hell, or they come they're no longer racist. They end up in hell. Or you prove that I'm not, you know, I'm not racist, okay? I'm not racist, but that person still ends up in hell. So the bottom line is we need to see these this world as a fallen world. We, there needs to be some compassion, but there also needs to be some um, truth. We need to, not some truth, but we need to be compassionate. We need to be honest with people and speak truth. And, um, and we need to make sure that we're declaring the good news of Jesus Christ to people. Yeah. That is our agenda. You talked about the agenda, like yeah. all these people have their agenda. We should wake up with God's agenda on our mind every morning, roll out of bed and say, what can I do to win people to Christ? What can I do to be more like Christ and reflect him to people of the world? And, and what can I do to grow closer in my relationship with God? It should be all about him. Well, the way I treat my wife, right, right, it is is a um, is the best way I can treat my wife is the way that Christ called me to love her like Christ loves the church. That's right, and in every relationship, you know, that's right. Yeah, no, that's good, and and that's good, and that's I think that's 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 really good, and that's kind of what what we're saying, you know, is as believers, you know, we we do that is our agenda. I mean, our our goal is to make sure that we are doing work for the kingdom, and I have a really good friend. Uh, uh, pastor down in uh, San Juan Capistrano, pa- Pastor Mark Meisner. Mm-hmm. Pastor Mark, love you, brother. Love you, God. Shout love out, you. Love shout you. out to Pastor Mark. <laughs> and you know, he he had sent me a text the other day. He said, "Man, you know, uh, you know, your 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 podcast is 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 really helping the kingdom." You know, and that made me feel good because, you know, that's when I started the podcast. That's what I wanted to do. I want. I, I just want to do kingdom right. work. You know, and and I think that should be on our mind, whether it's a podcast or whether it's it's treating your wife good, whether it's just treating just treating anybody with respect, treating anybody with love, because it's almost like if, like I said, if you're a believer, listen, Jesus, Jesus may have rubbed people the wrong way, but he didn't do it like a jerk. You know, he just, you know, he just speak truth. And, and, yeah. and you know, and this is what we want to do. Our, mm-hmm. our goal is to be Christ like and, and Christ loved everybody. He died for the whole world. Amen. You know what I mean, so. I think that should be that should be on our minds every day. Like you said, when we wake up, what can I do for you? What can I do for the kingdom today, Lord? Right. What can I do to impact 
your kingdom. And and Amen. when you're asking God what you can do to impact his kingdom, it's not going to be standing out on a on a on a um a protest line throwing water bottles at people and hating people and saying hateful things. No, it's going to be the complete opposite. Lord, right. what shall I what can I do to further your kingdom today? And he, I'm telling you, if you pray that with all of your heart, the Lord is going to bring somebody to you. Amen. And and we're not saying that we don't um stand against injustice and mm-hmm. and all those things but we need to make sure whenever we take a stand we take a stand with the with the goal of winning people to Christ and restoring uh relationships it, it should never just be to tear down something or just to come against something um but it it should always be for the advancement of the kingdom of God right you know um one thing that we, we've talked we've kind of talked about covid but we haven't really talked about um just a, a biblical perspective on COVID-19 yeah. coronavirus, the disease. And, um, you know, you said it earlier. It's, it's real. It, and there are people who have really passed from this. It has affected people's families. There are some people who have got it and they've gotten just a, a, a head cold or some people who have mm-hmm. been asymptomatic and, and you have all these things and it's, um, the way that the response is definitely new, right? The response, the way that we've seen the government response to it and how people have responded to it. But we've had things in the past that have had like some of some similar effects on people and, and, and they've all been uh, sad and tragic. It doesn't matter if one person loses their life. But the question I want to ask is um, how, what do you think a Christian, how do you think, a Christian should uh, react to something like COVID-19. And I'm talking about, uh, I guess, do you think a Christian should fear COVID-19? I mean, if you, listen, if you're, I, I, you know what? I can't speak for anybody else. So can I just speak for myself being a believer in Jesus Christ? Yeah. I mean, well, do, you, do you think a Christian should fear it? I'm not saying respect I, it. I don't think they should fear it. Right. I don't think they should fear it. Now, listen, Listen, I'm not, I don't want to die. I'm not, I'm right. not, I'm not ready to die. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I enjoy what I do here. Now I know Paul had a different stance on it. You know, he, he's like, listen, I need to, I want to, I want to go to Jesus, but you know, telling the Philippian church, I'm, it's better if I stay here for you. So right. you know what? I'm going to stay here. It's so funny. Cause when we study that book, I'm like, like what Paul, you don't really get to pick that. Cause he, he said, well, I think I'm going to stay here. Uh, I don't think you get to pick, but you know what I mean? <laughs> that's but up to but, God, but right? that's, that's Paul though. You know, he's the greatest Christian ever, but I don't think they should fear it only in the simple fact that, listen, um, for me, if, if I was to get it, um, and again, if, if I was to die man, I'm home, you Amen. know, I'm home, I'm home. There, there'll be, there is no more. There, it's, a, it's the place with no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. I'm home with the, with, with somebody who loves me more than anybody. Uh, you know, I love you like a brother. Yeah. We're brothers. I love my wife. I love my kids. And and they love me and I and and um, it's just but this is Jesus who loves me more than they could ever possibly love me. I am in the arms of my Savior. I get to see Him face to face. Now again, I'm not trying to be morbid or saying yeah, I want to die, but you know what? I'm going to do what I can. I'm, if I have to wear a mask, I wear a mask. I wash my hands all the time. I don't want to infect anybody else. Right. Um, you know, I I'm not saying that I have it, but I'm just saying I, I hope be, not. Yeah, I know we're sitting like. No, we're not sitting six feet away. That's for sure. Hey, my but, house uh, is too small. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
you know, I don't think they should fear it. I think they should trust God, Amen. keep their eyes focused on God. Don't let that be a deterrent because I know a lot of people can say, well, you know, they're going to worry about, they're going to worry about this and they, they're going to worry about that. I'm going to, what if I get it? What, you know, don't worry about those kind of things. I would just say, wake up, man, enjoy the day. Take yeah. all the precautions you can to not get it and yeah. not, and, and so somebody else doesn't get it and, and, and then just go from there. So yeah, I guess I would say don't fear. Yeah, I, I agree. I think God, the Bible tells us God is not giving us a spirit of fear, but a, right. a power, love and a sound mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, the interesting thing about, um, just God not giving us a spirit of fear. The reason why we don't have to fear is because we can trust God. The Bible even says we can entrust our souls to a faithful creator. Mm-hmm. What if we die? We can entrust our souls to a faithful creator, meaning that the God of the universe has, who created the universe, he also uh, is a sustainer of the universe. We can trust, we can entrust ourselves to him. And I kind of just want to talk about that because it looks like COVID is going into next year. Mm-hmm. And there's some thoughts that people may have some people may be fearful i do think we need to be wise um and i think from a a christian perspective a pastor perspective or someone who's uh um taking advantage of the ministry opportunities that are in front of them right now i think we need to be very grace gracious with each other on how people are feeling about covid there there are some people who think that the church has been insensitive some people who are angry are angry because the church has they think the church is being insensitive about it. There are some people who are angry because they um, they think that the church has overreacted and closed their doors. There are people on all different um, spectrums when it comes to what they think about COVID. But the reality is, um, we just need to have grace with each other. We need to help each other grow in our faith and and grow in truth, have compassion for those who have lost loved ones. But don't walk in fear. Don't allow this thing to steal your joy or lose your faith in Christ. Stay in your word. Get connected to other believers, whether I mean, if you if you if you're if it's that if you're that high risk, get find some Zoom group or figure out something. There's no excuses these days to not get growing your relationship with God. You can go to church. Um, you can go to church that are strict with masks. You can go to church that uh, are, are don't really hold any stance that you have to wear a mask. There's every, everywhere that you need to go or every way, any way that you, um, there's just no excuse. There's no excuse not to grow in your relationship with God. No, and, and it's because church is not the church is not the only place that you can go to grow your faith and grow, you know, as a as a as a believer. No, that starts just with you and your quiet time with God on your yeah. way to work or at at home. Open the Bible. Take a take a a book of the Bible and really study it. Everybody that asks me, well, hey, you know, how should I how should I study the Bible? You know, you're telling me to study the Bible, and these are people that I would pray with that were having issues and problems and and all these things. I'm like, you know what? Check this out. Dan, take. John, take the book of John. It's a book of love. Read about how much God loves you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to commit, and I want you to commit to 35 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Now, God deserves way more, right? But I want you to commit to 35 minutes a day. Now, that can be pray. You can you can pray. You can play a worship song before just to get your heart right. Whatever. So, 35 minutes, and I want you to take the first five verses of John chapter one. 
and I want you to read them over and over. If it, yeah, read it for the 35 minutes, read it. And if when you start reading it, you start understanding it and then write notes, have a journal, write down what the Lord told you in those verses. And then the next day, take verses five to 10. And then you're going to be amazed at what the Lord is trying to tell you. I I tell people all the time, every time you open your Bible, the Lord wants to speak to you. Every single time you're, you open your Bible, the Lord wants to speak to you. And, 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 you just have to be careful. You know, you have to be careful with what you're reading and, and how you approach it. I, I always say that uh, reading the Bible is like when you're going to go for a run, right? You don't put your shoes on and just start running down the street, right? You don't do that. What do you do before? But before you go and run, what do you do? Well, you stretch and you get ready and you get Especially ready. Especially when you get older. Yeah, I couldn't. I got to stretch for like an hour. So 35 minutes is out the window. But um <laughs> You, you go and you stretch. Well, that's the same thing as getting ready to read the Bible. Just don't crack it open. And, and I, you've heard me say it on the podcast before. Don't let it be a checkbox. Let it control your life. That's the thing. This Bible has answers to all your problems. That's right. And if you're not opening it and you're not spending that time with God and you're not letting God uh, work in your life, then to me, you're missing out. You're missing out on blessings. You're missing out on all sorts of stuff. And listen, we, you know, Jesus never said this life is going to be easy. He never said it. And I think people have that perception that when they become a Christian, that everything is going to be great. They're going to be walking on rose petals and there's not going to be anything that's going to happen to them. And that's com- the complete opposite. The world is, this is an imperfect world, but now you have a savior in Jesus Christ who understands what is going on. Jesus knows every feeling you're feeling today. If you guys uh, don't understand that, I, I tell you what, uh, if you're feeling rejected today, Jesus was rejected. And if you're feeling that people are are talking about you behind your back and they don't like you and stuff like that, well, Jesus felt that. Jesus felt all those things. So he he knows those things. So instead of worrying about it or instead of just, you know, uh, curling up into a ball and start watching Lifetime movies, get the Bible open. Tell God. He already knows what's going on in your heart. Tell him what's going on and let him fix it for you. Last thing, uh, last thing. I'll, I'll let you, you speak because I, 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 I talk a lot. I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah. Dang, it just went. It I just, it's, I, I just shouldn't talk. Shouldn't talk so like, much. I, I, should, I shouldn't have said that thing at the end because I really screwed uh, me up because right. I forgot I was saying. But um, you know, uh, the Lord wants to spend time with you. Let's just Amen. say that the Lord wants to spend time with you. You need to make that time to sp- and let Him change your life. Let Him yeah. see through a different lens. It's like that. It's like that. You're 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 looking through that telescope, you know, and you're you're trying to 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 you know you're 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 focused on so many other things. And um, I said it before uh, when I taught at uh, a class that it's it's almost like that telescope that you buy and you're you you get this new telescope and you're looking and you're looking for the stars, but you're so infatuated of how that thing is working that you forget to see what you're looking at. And what I mean by that is we can get so involved with what's going on. COVID-19, our church is shut down, all these things. And we forget the one main thing. And that is God. God will never be taken away from you. Amen. He preached that. He preached that, man. Just, can I quote Bruce Lee? <laughs> Bruce is the man. Yeah, and uh, Into the Dragon. He's, he's talking to that young kid and he's like it's like a finger pointing to the moon yeah the kid looks at the finger and he smacks him on the back of the head and he says don't concentrate on the finger you'll miss all that heavenly glory that's right and uh i say all that to say and um so what you say is our focus should be on god 
And that brings up just the, the closing remarks of 2021. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked a lot and, you know, we'll get better. This yes. is just our third, yeah. <laughs> third one. And, uh, you know, so I know we've had you here for a long time, but we wanted 2021. The word of 2021 is faithful. Mm. What, what's going to happen to the church? What's, what's going to happen in the world? God is going to be faithful. God is going to be faithful to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. We might suffer some L's, some losses. You know, we'll have some wins, but ultimately God is going to be faithful. So in response to God's faithfulness, let's make sure that we as a church, we're faithful to our calling to do what God has called us to do. Faithful to be in his word uh, and grow as we're called to grow. Faithful to be in fellowship with each other. Um, It may be risky. But remember, God is faithful. So our response to God's faithfulness is to be faithful. Be compelled by the love of Christ to do what God has called us to do. And that's to preach the gospel, make disciples, to win people to Christ, and to build his kingdom, advance God's kingdom. Yeah. Last thing I'll say is if you guys uh, please pray pray for your pastors. Um, it's not an easy time, um, you know, and they, they're— uh, they're deserving of your prayers. Um, they are um, set aside by God to to shepherd uh, the churches, God's church. And um, I would just say, um, just if you haven't, then then make that uh, your your. I don't I don't like New Year's resolutions. I'll never say that. Just make that start start today. Start praying for your pastor. Start praying that you that he's protected. Start praying that his family is protected and that. Uh, you know, and that protection is not that he's going to get hit by a car, but everything, the filthiness that's of this world, the things that are happening in this world, you pray for your pastor because they need to be prayed for. They need to be prayed for. It's a, I know it's a, it's, it's, it could be a lonely, uh, a lonely calling sometimes. So please pray for your pastor and, uh, you know, and, and, and just start doing that today because they need it. And also I just want to make sure uh, with Brad's church, I just, I saw it. It's Garden City uh, Garden City, um, Garden City Church, and it's GardenCityBMT.com. GardenCityBMT.com. If you know of anybody that's in the Beaumont area, um, uh, he's not out there yet. This will all be uh, launched soon, but you can check out uh, his website and and check out what Brad's about. Check about what what what, what his church is about, and um, he's 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 really solid. So if you guys know anybody that's living out in that area, please let them know that there's going to be Garden City Church and it's going to be coming soon. So yeah, make sure uh, make sure we uh, we get that done. Anything else? Um, I think that's it. All right. Well, hey, uh, I'll uh, close, close, we'll close in prayer and then, and then we'll get out of here. Father, Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you that you love us. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son to die for us. And this is what Christmas is all about. It's not about the, the lights on the house. It's not about the snowman in the, in the yard, but it's about a baby that came to do one thing and that's to save, uh, his, his, to save his his people, and we just thank you, Lord, that you that you that you send him to us, Lord. We pray for people that out there that are sick right now, God, that you would heal them, Father, that you would heal them not only physically, but you'd heal them, heal them spiritually, Lord, because that's what it's all about. It's about having that relationship with you, and and Father, we just thank you that again that we uh, that we can do this show that you've given us um, you've given us the opportunity to do this, Lord, and uh, we just want to glorify you in all we do. And uh, again, just want to pray for everybody out there that's having a that's having Christmas, and uh, and I pray that everybody gets safely there. So, again, thank you, God. We love you, In Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. So, Elijah, we'll be back uh, next year. Crazy, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Next, next year. So, thank you, guys. We love you guys, and God bless you guys.